Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody, before we jump into this week's show, I just want to give you a little heads up. This, this episode is all about the difference between a standard annual physical and an executive type physical, some of the key and critical components that make these two unique and different, the advantages and disadvantages. We're also going to dig into, at a high level, what you need to be looking for and hunting for in your own health journey. And I also share with you the five-step framework that I use to move my private patients through their annual physical. Hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Wenzel, and I am joined by none other than the lovely and the talented Jennifer Justice. Hello. (laughs) How's it going? It's going great, Jen. Good. And today's episode is all about the executive type physical. And I'm actually really excited to produce some content about this because it's something that we've been doing for a long time, but maybe haven't been giving it a formal name. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the general idea is that the annual physical stirs up some sort of general feeling or thought in most people. Yeah. And we have discovered that most people, it stirs up one of meh, mm-hmm. generic, generally a waste of my time. Uh, I get seen for about six minutes. I wait for the appointment for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I get called a week after my appointment by somebody who tells me everything is normal. Yeah. It's and not even the provider that you saw in the first place. No. <laughs> And so, now that's not the case for everyone. Right. But but there seems to be a large majority of people who feel like its value is questionable. Mm-hmm. And for the busy executive type, <clears throat> whose time is incredibly valuable and who are busy running around growing their businesses and taking care of their family and trying to maintain their own health and mm-hmm. managing all of the spinning plates – they are quick to punt and just, eh, I'll, I'll just rally next year. I think everything's fine. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to kind of talk about why that is. I mean, th- the typical annual physical, really, the variability in the typical annual physical is is quite large. Yeah. It really depends on... The provider mm-hmm. um, also depends on the market. It depends on um, some practical issues. There, there, there are some people who have the right provider. They're in the right market. They're getting exactly what they need out of the standard physical, which is wonderful. And but they seem to be the minority. Yeah, um, they are fundamentally rooted in. Um, 
medical training like we were trained, which are based on population-based recommendations. Mm -hmm. And so all standard recommendations that you can Google are based on population health. In other words, what's best for the population, not necessarily what's best for an individual with particular issues. It's just they're they're very um, broad covering. Mm -hmm. And again, for some people, that's fine. They also tend to favor... Uh, the younger and or healthier individuals, so which would make sense because they're population based. If if you're younger and otherwise healthy, population based recommendations are probably more than enough. Um, but I think the biggest thing that uh, controls the experience of an annual physical is the fact that they are optimized for speed and volume mm-hmm. because our current healthcare delivery model is the only variable that can change is the number of patients you see a day. Right. We have stranger A with a problem, seeing stranger B who can fix the problem, and then stranger C pays the bill. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really strange model. Yeah. Stranger C who writes the the check, their checks get smaller over time, mm-hmm. not bigger. And not only do the checks get smaller, but they deploy more and more rules along with Mm -hmm. to accompany the smaller check. So stranger B who fixes problems of stranger A is constantly having to adjust the one variable they can adjust, which is how many patients do I see in a day? And Mm -hmm. this is why the average primary care physician in a moderately busy practice will see 30 patients, 40. I have friends who see 50 a day. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. And I mean, they plow through it, Yeah, but this is where the five, six minutes a patient, like they got to, they got to move. Mm-hmm. And unless your blood tests are in the red, there's nothing really to talk about. Keep doing what you're doing. There's no room mm-hmm. in there to have conversations typically. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I've managed some practices in my past and for the ones that I was involved with, an annual physical was required if you needed sick visits in between that. So if you got behind on your annual mm-hmm. physical, mm-hmm. you know, they would try to schedule you for that and maybe not see you for a sick visit because you hadn't been current. And so that forces you to seek care where urgent cares or Elsewhere. ERs where those people don't even know you. Yeah. So huge hassle. Yeah. And so, again, for the people this works great for, then this conversation isn't for them. Right. This is for everybody else. As opposed to on the other end of the spectrum, these executive type annual physicals are just fundamentally different because they uh, tend to be more results-driven. Mm-hmm. They are not optimized for speed and volume. They tend to be kind of the opposite, where mm-hmm. there's a large amount of time spent with these individuals, um, and they are very um, customized, mm-hmm. very hands-on, and very strategic, leading to results driven um, uh, in other words you're going there coming a, but coming away with a real strategy yep and you will measure the results along the way because you're it's a much more active results driven process yeah and these aren't available for everyone and a lot of people don't even know that these types of exams exist but they do mm-hmm. and I just thought it was valuable to talk about 
Because I think whether they're right, wrong, good or bad, I think they more represent the ideal situation where once a year an individual would be able to not press for time in an environment that was thorough and comprehensive and left margin for conversation about individual goals, challenges, Mm -hmm. struggles, to come up with a plan so that the individual can feel like they are a involved in their healthcare Mm -hmm. that B there are conversations and questions that are encouraged because they need to feel like they own their own health. Um, I just, I, I, I hope and wish for people to all have access to these types of physicals and it's the way we do it. Yeah. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to not be me. Right. (laughs) Right. And the Aaron Wenzel that is a doctor is the Aaron Wenzel that cares deeply. Yeah. Like if I open the care cabinet, like there's a lot there, Mm -hmm. which means I can't open it up to everyone because like I only have so much to go around, but we, we have built a practice where depth is very important. Yes. As opposed to width, it's far mm-hmm. more important than width. Yeah. We, we 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 want deep, deep, deep relationships, and that takes time, mm-hmm. unrushed. What, especially given your past and working in other types of practices, what do you see in these executive type physicals, the vis- the physicals that we do, that that makes the most difference? I think um, in my mind, there's probably three main things. Um, the first thing is we really, really delve into what the individual's goals are. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's you know task-oriented things that we're doing as far as testing and um, you know checking vital signs and body composition and all of those things. But uh, and those are great. And they're great to help us manage the patient and, and measure things as we go along. But I hear from a lot of our patients that nobody's ever spent this much time getting to know me and caring about what I care about most. You yeah. know, what what goals do you want? What are your top four goals or three goals that you want to achieve over the next year or 10 years or five years or mm-hmm. whatever that time frame may be? And so we really delve into the specifics with them on that. You know, um, what is their why? What yep. drives them? toward meeting those goals. Um, I had this conversation with a patient recently that brought her to tears because, um, you know, her, her why was rooted in fear. You know, she was afraid hmm. that uh, blood work or family history or something would contribute to a chronic disease down the road. And so we really talked about that and, you know, helped her through that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, when when do you want these goals to happen? Is this going to happen in the next 30 days? Right. Is it going to happen in the next three months? Like, let's really plot it You're out. You're talking about the goals. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, um, you know, where are you on the journey? Some mm-hmm. people come to us having lost 100 pounds, and they just have the last 20 to go. Some people have gained 50 pounds in their, you know, body fat, and they're like, you know, I just don't feel my best. How can you help More me? out of control. Yeah. So meeting them where they're at, but also yes. um, trying to figure out with their help where they want to go. I, I love thinking about that from uh, the map thing at the mall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I always tell people when we talk about goal setting, mm-hmm. um, where do you want to go? 
In other words, what's your goal? I want to get to JCPenney. <laughs> okay. Well, why do you want to go to JCPenney? Well, they have a sweater I like and it's nowhere else. Okay. It's reasonable why. <laughs> well, let's go to the map. Yeah. And then you look at the map and the first thing you do is you identify where JCPenney is. All right. It's B6 <laughs> or whatever. Right. What's the very next thing you do? You look for the little red X or the little red dot. Where am I at now? <laughs> you are here. Yeah, right. You need, and it's it's a fun, playful way to think about goal setting at a more macro level. You have to be very clear on what the goal is. You have to be very clear on why mm-hmm. this goal is really important. And then you have to be really honest and audit, well, where am I at on the journey? Right. Because in order to, for a map to work, you need the red X, but you also need the you are here dot. Yeah. Because then you can connect the paths and come up with a plan. Yeah. And I love that. I love that too. Yeah. That's a great analogy. Um, the next thing is, you know, do, do you have the right provider? Um, that's just mm. super, super important. Um, you mean, by provider, you mean what? Like, uh, like your medical provider. <laughs> yeah. Like your, like your doctor yeah. or whoever you're entrusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and. You know, you bring up the word trust. That's huge um, when you're talking yeah. about your health care. You know, it's the most intimate uh, experience ever to go to the doctor. And it pr- promote, provokes a lot of anxiety in people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when they when they leave our office looking better than when they came in as mm-hmm. far as like emotionally. You oh, know, yeah. um, a lot of them are filled with anxiety. Some of them are filled with anxiety when they come in and they feel so much better when they leave. And I think it's because, um, we position ourselves as their trusted advisor, mm-hmm. you know, as far as healthcare, you have ad- other advisors in your life, whether it's your spiritual walk, yep. your financial journey, um, your you trainers, know, your trainers, mm-hmm. right. Your diet. Um, but I want to stop for a second. You said trust mm-hmm. and this isn't in our notes, but it made me think you said it's so in, I don't want, I think you said it trust is so important in the in your healthcare journey yeah. is that mm-hmm. trust is critical for all human relationships yeah that's true in order for humans to have a relationship with another human mhm it has to be if it's going to be healthy and one that serves you and not toxic mhm the core has to be trust. Yeah. So then you say, well, how do you develop trust? It takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Baby steps, toe in the water. Wow. That went well. Maybe I'll put up to the ankle. Mm-hmm. And that takes, t- you can't, now there are certain environments where you can accelerate that trust where all the stars are aligned and it just happens. And we bond and, and with, with some of our patients very, it's, surprising how emotional you and I get sometimes with our patients Mm -hmm. in such a short period of time, especially one of the things that I find is if you are beginning the trust building, relationship building, bonding process, and you uncover a real emergency yeah, and you are immediately thrown into the proverbial foxhole with this person and you are right there and then you come out the other end, you can't help but walk away from that like, I don't remember my life without you, and I certainly can't remember – I can't envision a life without you as my person. Yeah. And you never know when that's going to happen, 
but I think tr- I think you I just wanted to pound on that just a little mm-hmm. bit because trust and look we're talking about your most important asset yeah. in your life your mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. so trust is really underrated and that's hard to recreate without time yeah and to determine whether you have the right provider yeah for sure and if it's not top on the list, uh, I'd be looking for somebody else. <laughs> My yeah, personally. especially if it's top on your list and you're getting no opportunity to cultivate the trust or relationship. Mm-hmm. That's, pro- I mean, how long would you stay in that dating relationship? Not long. Yeah. I mean, th- this is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the third thing is coming up with a, a strategic plan, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I kind of feel like the executive physical lends itself to that, that uh, prioritizing um, the most important things, the most important things. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about keeping the main thing, the main thing. Yes. And so Thank you, Stephen Covey. Yeah. <laughs> using the, you know, the goals and then all of the uh, diagnostic uh, information that we get on you physically, but putting it all together and eliminating surprises. You know, we. Yes. You always say never stop hunting, mm-hmm. um, never stop learning. So always learning about our patients, but always hunting for those things that could potentially knock you out and take you out of the game. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that we come up with um, a plan, but keeping the most impactful things first. You know, you yeah. can't. Um, uh, well, you don't want to major in minor things. Right. Right. Because if you become experts at these things that are interesting but ultimately inconsequential, you can get completely blindsided yes. by something that was right in front of you, mm-hmm. but you were looking at something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you talk about I always say hunting, and I, you know, I stumbled across that years ago, and it's like the perfect visual in my mind Mm -hmm. several things happen and i'm not a i wouldn't consider myself like a gamesman like i don't hunt but Mm -hmm. i i hunt not for animals but i hunt for other things so i understand intellectually the hunt Mm -hmm. you know there's the target there's the thing that you're hunting for you understand what you're hunting for but you also understand that you have something called your six your your back yep and when you're so focused on the thing in front of you, you have to make sure there's nothing behind you. Mm. And having a rhythm or a cadence as you're hunting to always have double, triple check that your backside is clear. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, there are things like mountain lions hunting for you that, right. that can take you out of the game while you're hunting. Mm-hmm. You also need to simultaneously be aware of things like squirrels and rabbits and things that aren't maybe your target but that can serve as distractors. Mm-hmm. And this, this analogy can really go pretty deep. Yeah. Um, but we are hunters and we hunt for killers of humans mm-hmm. while simultaneously making sure that we don't get our lenses too far out on the horizon, that we are ignoring what's behind us. Yeah. And so we verify that we're clear and we're constantly rechecking, making sure like a security patrol. We're making sure that it's still good because mm-hmm. as we're, our gaze is off on the horizon, we have to constantly make sure our backside is clear Yeah, while staying focused on the main thing and not being distracted. So mm-hmm. this really is, I think, uh, analogously kind of the way we look at our physical exams as a, an initial 
relationship starter with our patients mm-hmm. and then on a six month or annual basis revisiting how are, how is the hunting going what's yeah. working well what's not working well are there new challenges are there new victories is, do we need to augment our strategy mm-hmm. based on results right you know and so this is where you measure and you can't manage what you don't measure so we're, we're measuring things that are critical and um, making changes strategically mm-hmm. so i love that so what would you say like at a high level are the for, for the listener out there that's like gosh this is great um to to if they were to take notes and and write down the things that would be again at a high level how somebody should be thinking about other than developing a great relationship with their provider and a trusted provider and like that, that, that the humanness and mm-hmm. the trust, how would they think about things that should be achieved in a physical exam? What are, what are the things? Um, well, the first thing is the Holy Grail, what we call the Holy Grail. And that is the gospel according to Wenzel. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody that's spent any amount of time with you knows that this is number one on the list. And that is, Balancing your blood sugar and your insulin level. I mean, it's the name of the game. Yep. Um, Which, you know, uh, corrects a lot of metabolic issues, Mm -hmm. uh, insulin resistance that we see a lot. You know, even in seemingly healthy people, they can have uh, difficulties uh, with their body using insulin correctly or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, blood sugar issues that maybe they didn't even know about. I mean, sometimes there are people that come in that, that look completely healthy on the outside and then you get their blood work back and we've got some work Uh-oh. to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, you know, related to their lifestyle as far as their diet, exercise patterns, all of that. Most of the time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it leads to, you know, you mentioned the, the killers of humans. That's, I mean, we have the list in front of us, but heart attacks and cancer being number one and number two right now globally, um, which, you know, the conversation lends itself to, uh, Number seven, which is diabetes, those are fueled by diabetes or Mm -hmm. can be. So knocking out any um, question about blood sugar and whether that's an issue has to be number one. Yeah, I mean, so going back to like, well, your plan should focus on on the things that are most important because everything can't be important. Well, it would be really nice to focus on one thing and affect many, 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 many things. And Mm -hmm. there is nothing you can focus on. And get a higher return on your effort and energy in improved health than optimizing your blood sugar. That's right. So it is, it is the holy grail. Yeah. Yeah. What it's else? The key to everything. Um, you know, we've talked before on other podcasts about um, modifiable, non-modifiable risk factors. You know, just looking and running down the list of, of a, a patient and delving into their family history. I think we do the things you can control and the things you can't control. Right. Um, you know, obviously age, gender, family history, genetics, those type of things, non-modifiable, we can't control, but, uh, you know, of the modifiable things, where do we need to prioritize and what do we need to make the most important to make Mm -hmm. the biggest impact quickly? Mm -hmm. Um, and aggressively treat those, uh, modifiable. Yeah. And just, you know, watch the, um, the non-modifiable, you know, I mean, obviously as we age, things change with our health and, and we can't change any of that, but just keeping it in the, on the back burner that, 
you know, those things exist and Mm -hmm. we keep them in, uh, it's a singular data point. Yeah. We keep them on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, we, we measure outcomes really well. I I mean, mean, it's super important. Yeah. Um, for any of your, any area of your life. Yeah. You need Mm -hmm. to be actively measuring if you genuinely desire improvement Mm -hmm. in an outcome. Mm -hmm. There has to be measurements. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, rechecking your body composition once a month to see if I'm increasing lean mass and and decreasing body fat, whether it's, you know, how many times did I intermittent fast this month or, um, and I I think the executive types love this, right? Like they love measuring and managing and Sometimes they come in with notebooks and they have shown us, you know. Well, people who are successful in areas of their life, if they dig into the areas where they're most successful, Mm -hmm. they will see that they have systems and processes in place where they constantly are trusting but verifying. They have contingencies laid out, accountability layered in in and through it. And they have a verification process where they circle around in some period of time just mm-hmm. to make sure everything is okay and are we hitting our goals or not. And they're constantly um, pivoting mm-hmm. and, and iterating. Um, and where you, we tend to struggle, even successful people have holes in their game, so to mm-hmm. speak. They have areas where they're not winning. If you were to dig into those areas, they're not measuring. Right. They don't have any ab- criteria that they're isolating to follow over time Mm -hmm. and then making strategic moves to improve those areas. Right. And the problem is, is that you can be overwhelmed very quickly if you don't have a clear picture on what the priorities are, because if you put, this takes energy and it takes a lot of focus and Mm -hmm. a lot of thoughtfulness, but you can become overwhelmed when you put all this energy in things that ultimately don't yield you results, which is why going back up to the top, you got to find the priorities. Yeah. And, and a good provider would do that. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of them have had a person lead the way or, right. or show them the way. Yeah. You know, they're they're focused on growing their business or mm-hmm. um, their children, whatever path they might be on at that time. And mm-hmm. their own health is kind of taking the back burner a lot of the times. I agree. So, you know, helping them prioritize what's most important. And then um, as we move through those steps, adjusting the strategy along the way, mm-hmm. that's huge. Yes. Um, you know, constant iteration. Yeah. Going to halftime yep. and make adjustments. Mm-hmm. The great teams always come out and are great second half teams. That's right. Um, and I, I think a lot of us can understand that analogy and, and that's, we had a plan. <laughs> we went out there and it either did or didn't work. So we now adjust our strategy. Yeah. And, I think if there's somebody who is listening to this whose health isn't where they want it to be in a particular area or in several areas, the answer is you need a better plan. Yeah. And an analogy you've used with me personally is offense versus defense, and I Mm. love that. So there are some seasons in life where you're playing offense, right, and you're just you know, trying to get through. And offense is fun. It is fun. Mm-hmm. As long as you're winning, as long as you're scoring, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but to constantly go out on offense and then have to come <laughs> off is hard. Yeah. And sometimes in, in different seasons, we're just playing defense, you know, we're mm-hmm. just trying to get through, but, uh, identifying the difference between those and a lot of sports ad- analogies, adjusting it if we need to, I know what is up with that? <laughs> well, because this is a very, um, we, we identified very early in the show that the executive level physical is Results driven and strategic. So right. it's going to be very, 
you know, sports mm-hmm. is very strategic and very results driven. There's a definite winner and a definite loser. And there's a way to keep there's rules. And mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we know where to focus. Um, you know, as a football person, I can look at a play and say, oh, it's third and two. And uh, they're on the four yard line about to score. But they're up by X. Like, because I know where to look, I know how to follow the game, and mm-hmm. I know what would be deemed a good play or a bad play, or better be upset, or whether to celebrate. Because I understand what the rules, and I understand what I'm looking at. Yeah. You know. Um, Except hockey. Hockey confuses the heck out of me. What the heck is icing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick with football. <laughs> so I think, as we kind of wrap up this episode, you know, I think we've done a. Uh, a decent job of kind of laying out um, why a traditional annual physical for many is deemed, um, uh, I want to say waste of time, but that might be a little too harsh, uh, not a priority, mm-hmm. that it's okay to continue to overlook it until later because of a lot of the things that we're talking about those things don't exist in most people's experience because they don't have a situation where they can have these strategic conversations and this relationship and the trust Mm -hmm. and the identification of priorities and goals. And if you have that, that's super amazing. Yeah. Like that's great. This should be an affirmation confirmation Mm -hmm. that you are in the right place. Like don't keep going. Yeah. But I hope that this provokes people to think about, the quality of the relationship they have with their current health situation and really ask some questions like you would, you know, are my kids in the right school? Are we attending Mm -hmm. the right church? Are we living in the right town? Am I in the right career? Like these are very important questions. Yeah. Um, I think from a, I want to end this with kind of a five step framework that I look at with all of my patients. And it starts with number one, All of this is for nothing if you smoke. Yeah. Right? The number one preventable cause of death on the planet. When I look at the top 10, heart attacks, cancer, accidents, COPD slash emphysema, strokes, Alzheimer's, dementia, lung infections like pneumonia and flu, kidney disease, suicide, smoking impacts one, two, three, four, five, six, Seven. Seven of the top ten. Wow. And these top ten account for 80% of all deaths on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if you smoke, what should you do? Uh, Stop. Stop. <laughs> okay. Number two. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of smokers. No, I, I we can't really even, don't. I'm sitting here thinking, and I don't even think we have yeah. one. We and might have a handful of people who are in the fight, struggling. Yeah. It's an incredible fight. But there is no bigger fight. There is no greater victory. Mm-hmm. And, and to, I, I, of the ones that have come in, they've quit with your right. help, which is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, that has, if that's <clears> still <throat> on the table, that has got to be all of your, the guns have to be like the death star have to be pointed towards stopping smoking. Yeah. Once smoking is off the table, all of our attention, that death star laser beam needs to be moved towards what I call optimizing blood sugar, lipids, and decreasing visceral fat and increasing lean mass. And the reason these are all in one thing is because they're all intimately involved. This is the extension of the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. The reason a normalized blood sugar is so critical is that it fuels the flames of diabetes. And diabetes is the gateway disease to 
all metabolic and uh, obesogenic diseases like hypertension, dyslipidemia, stroke, heart attack, uh, s- s- uh, sleep apnea, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, early death, mm-hmm. right? And the good news is, is that by simply making the Holy Grail a priority of normalizing and optimizing your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity, you will put distance between you and diabetes. You will improve your lipid profile. Mm -hmm. You will decrease visceral fat and stand a greater chance to then increase the building blocks of lean mass, which will help you long term. Number three is, and this is something that uh, we talk about seasons of offense and defense. I often, I often find alcohol consumption for many of our clientele, even me personally, it seems to have seasons mm-hmm. where, I don't know, things like COVID. <laughs> like quarantine. <laughs> uh, I think across the board, most people are drinking more than normal. Yeah. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. There's an uh, there was an unexpected stressor that, I don't know, changed everything. Mm-hmm. We're now homeschooling. There are double uh, professional income homes that somebody's having to be furloughed and now become a teacher. Yeah. There are kids that are at home but can't play with the neighborhood kids because this is not a snow day. This mm-hmm. is like isolating at home. So the kids are going crazy. They're not in school. They want to play, but they can't play with their kids. You're stressful. To, you're still trying to limit technology, but at the same time, what else am I going to do? Oh my gosh, it's only four o'clock. Is it too early to have a drink? Like, <laughs> this is most people's. This is many people's lives. Yeah. Not not to mention, I'm supposed to be productive at home, um, and so there are a lot of stressors going on. But number three is auditing alcohol intake. When you're more in a defense mode, mm-hmm. where things are okay and you're in a holding pattern and you're your diet is right, your weight training is right, your sleep is right, you can tolerate or absorb more alcohol intake on a weekly basis than if you have more offensive goals, like Mm -hmm. I want to reduce my body fat by 5% or uh, the, the most people, if you have any ambition to lose fat and you're consuming more than two to three uh, drinks a week, that might be enough to undo your weight loss efforts. <clears throat> if you don't have any weight loss goals and you're otherwise happy with your health, but you're consuming alcohol, you probably could consume, I don't know what the number is, but maybe eight to 10. Mm-hmm. You could probably have one to two drinks a night and not gain, be net neutral. Yeah. But don't beat yourself up. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're going to have a really hard time losing weight. Yeah. If weight loss is your goal and you're consuming two drinks a night, yeah. it's just going to be hard to do. Right. Um, Number four is stress management. Um, I talk a lot about stress management. Stress management is not about the elimination of stress. It's about managing your stress better in every area of life. As you continue to move, there are new stressors. Mm -hmm. You cannot escape stress. And nobody is without stress. If you find somebody in your life who you think doesn't have stress, it's only that they manage it better. Yeah. And these stressors, the primary contributors to stress management, uh, as I see it, are the quality of your three to five closest relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, really take a hard close. If you, ha- if you identify with, I'm stressed, well, what are the quality, what are these relationships like? Yeah. 
And do you need to put some work in there? Do you need to invest in your relationship with your children or with your wife or with your business partner? Uh, your work life balance is another huge, um, and again, not that there's some like scale that's perfectly balanced because that that's static and that's not moving and that's not life. Life is not static. Life is always moving back to the season again. There will be some seasons in life where you need to go heavy on work Mm -hmm. and that's what you need to do to advance the ball. But those seasons of offense or of heavy work need to, there needs to be an adequate amount of off season Mm -hmm. where you can pull back and recover. And I, I like to think about life, work life balance more in a are you are you pushing and pulling in a healthy relationship well that's good right mm-hmm. as opposed to because like nobody can be on permanent vacation that that's yeah that person does it for three months and is bored and goes back into mm-hmm. the marketplace mm-hmm. um so finding your rhythm to when do you need to go heavy at work when you know when do you need to go heavy at home yeah and there there are different seasons and it's different for everyone but what is that relationship like? And then lastly, and I I can't believe how simple this is, but I can't believe how powerful it is, and that is joy. Mm. Joy is unbelievably underrated. Yeah, I would I would agree 100% with that. I have the pleasure of taking care of people who I still am in awe that I get to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And I find it very emotional for me when I get to tell them, hey, man, maybe you should pick up the guitar and just play some music. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you did that? Mm-hmm. When's the last time you did something, not because the business deal needed it to happen or because your business partner demanded it or because your wife asked you to do it or because it was something the kids had to do? When's the last time you just did something because it made you happy. Mm-hmm. And I think giving people permission to make joy a priority is one of the, f- it's, 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 it's something that brings me joy. Yeah. The irony there. Yeah. Um, I bet, uh, health providers never said that to them before. My gut tells me no, but maybe, maybe, it's but pretty cool. Where where in their life can they infuse joy just because it makes you happy? Yeah. Maybe you need to take the tarp off the 65 Chevy. <laughs> or for you, the 65 Mustang. Yeah. Be- just because it brings you smiles. Yep. Maybe you need to... Go put your hands in the soil and plant some flowers because it just makes you happy to see flowers. Yeah. Maybe you need to knit or write music or read for pleasure Mm -hmm. or go stick your toes in the sand and do nothing Mm -hmm. because it makes you happy. Like you have your thing. Most people need to remember what they love. Yeah. They have forgotten. Yeah. And it's just, I find it, is a missing link for a lot of really, really highly successful people. Mm-hmm. They have forgotten about joy. Yeah. Now they have infusions of joy, but it's the big deal. It's mm-hmm. closing. It's the acquisition. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's like, it's always the gladiator side of their life. Yeah. 
uh, and they are missing opportunities to infuse joy on a Tuesday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at 11 a.m. <laughs> just because it makes you happy. Yeah, I love that. That is so great. Yeah. Well, listen, I hope this episode has been valuable for you, Jen. Uh, as always, it's great to to dive into these things um, and to put into words the things that we get to experience. Mm-hmm. It's right. always a fun exercise for me to, to, and it's a challenge mm-hmm. because it's so instinctive for us, but to put it down <laughs> and actually <laughs> to describe kind of, it. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it reminds me of how important it is. Yeah. And, um, any famous last words from you? Um, I, I think you covered it really well and thanks for having me on. Well, I would be hunted down if you weren't on the show. (laughs) Well. (laughs) You're a big deal, I know. Listen, guys, I hope this episode was valuable for you. Uh, And um, until we meet again, take care. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode, and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer, this podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers. 